It Can't Rain All the Time. Released in 1994, The Crow adapts the original comic book series by James Obar. Slain musician Eric Draven is resurrected by a mysterious crow to avenge his and his fiancée's deaths at the hands of a ruthless street gang. The Crow spawned numerous sequels, a short-lived TV series, and remains a viable IP perpetually optioned in Hollywood to this day. However, the original film still stands as the best. The film stars Brandon Lee in his final and perhaps signature performance as Eric Draven, a.k.a. The Crow, but also stars Ernie Hudson, Michael Wincott, and David Patrick Kelly. In the episode, we discuss the incredible multi-platinum alternative metal soundtrack, the strong visual influence of The Crow on subsequent films such as Blade and The Matrix, and the powerful charisma of Brandon Lee that binds the film beyond the tragedy of his premature death. I'm Swain Hunt. Dwight and Adrian fire it up, fire it up, as they play back 1994's The Crow. There is a legend that a crow can carry a soul back from the dead to seek justice and put the wrong things right. To move your death. I'm dead. And I move. Brandon Lee. It's not a good day to be a bad guy. The Crow Rated R. Today's uh, playback episode is 1994's The Crow. That's it. Starring Brandon Lee in his, unfortunately, his final, yet perhaps his signature role. For sure. Yes, yes. And um, co-stars. Eric Draven. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's Eric Draven, a.k.a. The Crow. That's it. Uh, Co-stars Ernie Hudson, Mm -hmm. uh, Michael Wincott, Mm -hmm. Tony Todd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a whole host of uh, character actors that you've seen elsewhere, you yeah. know. Oh, and and of course, of course, Sully. Who could forget yeah, Sully, Sully? Right, 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 right. Yeah, T Bird. <laughs> T Bird, yeah. <laughs> David Patrick Kelly is the actor's name. That's it. That's it. Yes, and, and, and directed by Alex Proyas. Mm-hmm. Um, like I mentioned, this movie came out in '94, and you know what's what's so funny, D? And you what's tell that? me how you feel about this, man. Okay. Okay. We both, um, before we really started getting into it, you know, we both mentioned that it had been a few years since we, you know, had seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess let, let's, let's start let's start when we first saw the movie. Like, okay. what was your first experience seeing the movie, man? Uh, seeing man. The Crow for the first time. Man, it was, um, I mean, I was like the concept of the character anyway. It was cool to me. It was like, it was like, it was like a darker, uh, more gothic version of Batman. Yeah. And, mm. and, um, but, but more modern. Kind of like like a, like a punkyish modern version of him. So mm-hmm. when I saw him for the first time, I was like, it, it, it kind of reminded me of like I, you know, there, some people have a love hate relationship with mimes. You know that whole <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that whole you know this, this whole meme where people just want to punch a mime because he's he's doing he's doing the functions of life, not really living inside a real life. Uh-huh. So so he kind of had that kind of like 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 appeal to it, kind of feel to him. But you quickly you quickly saw from the comic book man done by James Obar that he was not anybody to be trifled with. I mean, this guy mm-hmm. will 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 put a hurting on you if you step to him the wrong way, especially if you have like um, like bad you know mojo and bad 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 um, intentions towards people, you know. Um, so so was so, it the comic? So was it the comic that you saw first uh, before was, the movie, or it was the comic I saw first before the movie? Okay, but I wasn't a big fan of the of the comic though. It was just it was just the, the visuals was were so strong, 
You know, okay. it's like the, the the blacks and the curiosity was was such an evident thing that you couldn't resist by picking up and looking at it and seeing what's going on inside of it. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And then and then as far as the movie itself, um, when did you first see the movie? Did you see the movie in theaters? When I saw it, in the theater. When it premiered. Okay, I saw it in the theater. Yeah, I saw it in the theater. Man, it was uh, it was a it was kind of like a studio thing. I think um, at the time I was in the studio in Midtown, and um, mm-hmm. one of my studio mates saw it first. And then I saw it, I saw it with that with minus him, and we both drew pictures, you know, kind of commemorating, you know, the, what we thought the character was, and mm. it was it was cool, man. It was fun, man. It was it was um, what 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 locks you in, and what got me too was 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 the music, the music just oh, is yeah. it's so key, it's so such an important part of um, part of, of of what the movie is. A lot like um another previously playback episode we did for uh, for Highlander. The music mm-hmm. and, the, and the movie go go hand in hand. You can't one without the other is not not truly the crow, or, or truly Highlander. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What did you think, man? When, when did you first see it? Uh, for myself, uh, I saw it on uh, VHS um, right. in '95 after okay. it came out, okay. and I remember okay. distinctly my dad rented it on a Friday night. Right. Okay. Right. And that Saturday morning, I don't, I don't know how I accomplished this, but I got up before <laughs> everybody else. Right. Like, like I was undisturbed for like two hours, which is right. rare for a Saturday morning around the house. Right. So I got up. I, you know, took the crow out. I'd seen the commercial on TV, of course, mm-hmm. when the movie premiered. Mm-hmm. You know, and you got that, <laughs> you got that Stone Temple Pilots track going yeah. on in the background. Time is in the lead. Yeah. And then Brandon Lee and character said, not a good game, not a good day to be a bad guy, huh, Skank? You know, right? that type yeah, of thing. A, skank, you know. Skank dead. <laughs> That's right, Skank. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so yeah so i put it in that saturday morning and i was transfixed for that whole hour and a half yeah it, it, yeah. it took you to like a whole other world mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and what's funny is is that i saw the movie before i saw the comic i didn't okay. know it was based on a comic okay you know and nice. i didn't even know that yeah i didn't had no idea it was comic based i just thought okay it's brandon lee and I know Brandon Lee, okay, that's the son of Bruce Lee. Right. And I knew him from Rapid Fire. Right. That's one of me and Sway's favorites, of course. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> so right. Like, okay, it's Brandon Lee for Rapid Fire, and that's Bruce right. Lee's son. Okay, cool, whatever. Got, gotta be good. Yeah, right. yeah, and it was. It was. Yeah, it was. It was. I, and, and it's funny how in the years um, intervening, you know, since then and upon multiple rewatches of it, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that even at 15 seeing it for the first time how how much it like just really embedded itself you know into just just my my psyche now mm-hmm. it didn't make me emo or anything like i wasn't right, walking right, around right. With, like black <laughs> black fingertips and right, <laughs> right, right. tape around my wrist or nothing right. but at the same time just the whole vision of it and of course the 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 uh, charisma and the mystique of brandon lee and the event surrounding it at mm-hmm. the time, because it was all in the news mm-hmm. after he was um, shot on set, right, you know what I'm saying? Right. So it was always in the news, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. while they were having that investigation. Mm-hmm. But just the movie itself was just fantastic. I mean, it's a true classic for mm-hmm. sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
ask you this, man. Uh, sure. You had, mentioned, you had mentioned about the soundtrack, and right. I remember the soundtrack being Oof. very, very hot. And, and there's mm -hmm. two soundtracks. There's right. the actual, you know, score soundtrack right. by Graham by Ravel. Ravel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is good. Which it's is good. good. It's good. Of it's course, passable. Of course. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you got a couple tracks in there that really put me in the mood yeah. of the movie. Yeah, for sure. I see it. For sure. But the one that most people go to and identify with the movie is the movie soundtrack. Yes, yes. Rage Against the Machine, Stone Temple Pilots, yeah, yeah. Rollins yeah, yeah. Band, Pantera. Like, right. I remember getting that soundtrack uh, probably a few years after the movie. Right. Um, a, a, a friend of mine had it, and he passed it along to me. It's like, hey, here's some CDs I don't want anymore. And that right. happened to be amongst the stack of them. Right. And um, man, that was in constant rotation. Yeah, man. Constant. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. The, the, the cure burn, man. Burn is like dun, 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 every night I burn, every night I yes. call your name. For real, don't don't <laughs> that make you want to just go up on top of the rooftop yeah. and run and jump across? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Especially when he's like, especially when they're playing it, he's undergoing his transformation and he's realizing who he is inside. He puts the makeup. Just paint your face in shadow, smile. <laughs> Yes. Love that man. That is my <laughs> shit. Yes. Oh yeah. man. Yes, sir. Don't, yes, doesn't sir. matter how you hide. We'll find you if we're wanting to. Yeah, yo. <laughs> I love that. I love that, man. I love that. Gosh, you know wow. that, that must be one of the most indelible soundtracks of of our generation. Yeah. You know, really, yeah. really. Yeah. Just yeah. man. Just all. And, and, and you know, it's almost. There, there are well, there's a couple of skip, skip, skippable tracks on there. There's a, a few. couple where I'm like, yeah, I'm not really right. feeling that. Right, right. You know, you know. But uh, for the most part, I remember, you know, that being a very hot soundtrack, and mm -hmm. just a lot of people had it. even, even people that you wouldn't suspect were kind of into alternative or metal type music. Mm -hmm. They still had it. I think probably more for. The, that title track, well, not the title track, but that Cure track yep. and that Stone Temple Pilots track. Yeah, the, the, the ones that played in the commercials, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And I think that those are the ones that people identify most with, um, with the movie. So mm -hmm. people were picking up the soundtrack, you know, probably most likely for those as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but like, like you said, 90% of them were hitters, man. I mean, some of my favorites like Golgotha Tenement, Blues, mm. um, Darkness, um, Darkness was that the one with the uh, Rage Against the Machine? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. uh, let's see. It's one that it blows me away. Where, um, where um, I think it's Nine Inch Nails. Where it goes. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It yeah. keeps calling me. Yeah, 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 yeah. It goes. Oh, um, um, something, something. Something, something nice affair. Conquistadors who took their share. It's like, damn, man. Killed it. Yeah, Trent was killing it, yo. Yeah, man. Killed it, man. Yeah, man. Killed it. You know, another one that I like, man, and it's just Henry Rollins just screaming, Ghost Rider. I still like it, though. Ghost Rider. Right, right. Hero. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Oh, man. So, yeah. But, yeah, but, but, 
But but yeah, but speaking of um speaking of, you know, ghost riding and everything, mm-hmm. um this really did have an influence on superhero movies, you know, yeah. in the intervening years after you think this, so? after the crow. I I do think so. Like when I okay. thought about it, and, and and you and you feel free to tell me if I'm, you know, kind of off the mark or not, all right? No, it's cool. No, no, check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Okay. The scene after the big club shootout, right? Great mm-hmm. scene, of course. Oh, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love that scene. Yeah, man. And he escapes from the cops and he's up on the rooftops and whatnot. Right. Did that put you in the mind of that first Matrix movie with Trinity running across the rooftops? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Now that you think about it, and then there's a shot where he's jumping across across two buildings, mm-hmm. you know, and it's shot from below, and it's like, Hmm. Hmm. That, that now, seems awfully similar. Hmm. Right? Now, did it put your mind of that or did it put your mind of, 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 of the first uh, Blade movie? Because I thought about the Blade I, movie. Now, see, that's also in my notes as well. Mm-hmm. That's, it. that's the other thing I was going to say, too. I mm-hmm. mean, again, this came out in 94. Mm-hmm. Blade came out in 98. And mm-hmm. then Matrix comes out in 99. Mm-hmm. So, you know, really... The Crow is the early adapter, if you will, in terms of that long black leather duster look. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. That it could it could be a cape, but mm-hmm. it could also just be a cool leather jacket. Mm-hmm. You know, that type of thing. And the, the, the pervasive darkness, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I definitely think with Blade and the Matrix... That first Matrix, definitely, they took mm-hmm. some influence from the look of the crow. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. Man, so let's talk about some of the, some of the, some of the story elements, man, that, uh, that were, uh, are, you, are you ready to talk about that? Or you, yeah. yeah, sure. Okay. Go right so, ahead, some, some of the story elements that were, so, that were so cool, man, so endearing. It, start, it starts off, of course, where there's a, there's a situation where the city they live in, I forget the name of the city they live in. Is it Orange City? What's the name of the city? It's, You know, I... I, I I had always took it was someplace like a Detroit, but I don't think it was right. ever unnamed. Some right. unnamed metropolis. <laughs> right, right, right. It was like, I almost said like Basin City, uh, Sin City, but no, it was, it's not that. <laughs> but um, no, it starts off and it's like there's a, there's a uh, what's called um, uh, Halloween Night, but it's called... Uh, what's Devil's it's, Night. Devil's Night. Devil's Night. And it's like, you know, people are blowing up and causing all kinds of havoc and mayhem around the city. And, and it's, you yeah. know, they, it happens like once a year. And that's when the gangs really move in. And, you know, the, the, the devil worshiping gangs move in and start <laughs> and start causing havoc and, and, and doing damage and, and raping and pillaging, quite literally, in some instances. Mm. Um, and it turns out that one of these one of these uh, devil's nights is when um, the 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 Tin Tin and, and, and the gang that's, uh, you know, uh, po- uh, not Pony Boy. Is it Pony Boy? Uh, T-Bird. T-Bird, Tintin, Fun Boy, Fun Boy, and Skank. And yes. Skank. Yeah, yeah. They, they move in on. They move in on the, on, the, on this uh, this apartment that apartment complex that the Eric and his and his fiance were living in, and uh, they 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 kill him by throwing him out of a window, and mm-hmm. they and they they rape and, and kill her too, and you know it's, it's it's a sad story, man. But it's like it's like it, it makes you like. Um, really, really appreciate um, the kind of love they had for each other to the point to where he came back for her. It was kind of like one of the, one of the, one of the recurring themes. He came back to revenge, revenge for her, and as well as for himself. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, another thing about the opening scene too, D, 
Mm -hmm. um, is that I thought it was very reminiscent of the uh, opening scene in Blade Runner to a limited mm. degree. You know, mm. the same type of red sky in the background okay. yeah. and the spouts of fire coming up. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, the, the, the model work as well, you know, mm -hmm. panning through, you know, mm -hmm. the, um, the over the city and everything, mm -hmm. over the buildings. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, that really looks like the opening for Blade Runner, which is not a detriment, you know, no, no. it's just, no, no. So yeah, it's, it's, I can it's, see why, I can see how I took influence from it, you know, and I thought it was cool. It was, it was nice to see like those practical effects put in there. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure to modern contemporary eyes, they're like, hmm, mm. but they still work to me. I'm, I'm cool with me it. Too. Me too, you know? me too. Well, do you, th you think Proyas is an alkaloid of, of, of Scott? I do, I do, because there was also a couple of um, scenes to where he used some of um, Ridley Scott's kind of lighting devices almost, mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. okay, remember in that club shootout at the end where, you know, the crow or Eric Draven has dispatched everybody. And right. it's just him and Skank. Right. And it's a close-up of Eric talking to Skank and the light keeps strobing across his face. Mm -hmm. Not a good day to be a bad guy, is it? Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, Skate like, <laughs> Skate, I'm not Skate. Skate right skate there. Skate <laughs> dead. Skate dead. That's right, Skate. Huh? <laughs> 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 what the crap? <laughs> I love that. I love that, man. Yeah, man. I love that. But man. you know, you... you Go ahead, go ahead, man. Okay, no, there's a, there's, there's a lot of good, lot of good, lot of good points about that, man. It's like the, the thing about the the character of, of the crow was, um, he, his, his spirit was inhabited by by well, his spirit. I think it was the thing where his body inhabited his, his body was inhabited spiritually by the crow and the undead, but then his the crow was a totem. So anything that happened to the, the crow that was was a spiritual guide would happen mm -hmm. to him, right? And you know, following the storyline as it goes. Um, the the guy um, um, top dollar had a had a sister a sister quote unquote yes mm -hmm. uh, Bai Ling and and Bai Ling uh, she had some kind of like spiritual uh, connection and she's doing some kind of like you know mojo whatever it was some kind of voodoo voodoo some kind of witchcraft was called that for like a better term yeah. and she was able to discern that this is where he got his power from that's why we couldn't that's why you couldn't kill him that's why bullets wouldn't get him because the crow was was his totem and would, would allow him to, to do all these miraculous feats, which I thought was really mm -hmm. cool. But man, let's talk about some of the, the like I said, the lighting in this in this film, man, was just I mean, oh man, magnificent, oh, magnificent. fantastic, fantastic. And you know, I have read that Proyas uh, was saying that he actually initially wanted to shoot the whole film in black and white. Okay, but the studio said nope, nope, no, right, no, right, no, right. no, 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 no. So what he did was, that's why the movie looks kind of so monochromatic, but mm -hmm. with splashes of like red and, you know, maybe one other color, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So he still kind of did what he wanted to do, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but he had to have color in there. It still had to be a color film. Sure. And going back to what you were saying about Batman, you know, as well, I, there were elements of this where I was like, you know, this really could be a urban type of Batman. I know mm -hmm. Batman is already set in a city, but I mean really more urban than right. more superhero. Right. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do. Yeah. Cuz cuz he had, he had he had the you know he had the the timber the, the, the dog got Timberlands on you. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Doc Martens, yeah, you know. <laughs> you know, he was he was doing the Jodeci thing. Mm, yeah. 
Hat der Bus mal nein. Yeah, man. Yeah. And you know, I, I really felt like just, yeah. If they ever shot a, a Batman movie that had an element of like fantasy to it, mm -hmm. you know, more along the lines of like a Tim Burton or something, mm -hmm. you know, this is how I would kind of see them doing it. Like more like fantastical, if you will, like mm -hmm. really more emphasis on the dark and gothic, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like mm -hmm. how Anton first had in that first Ooh. Batman movie. Yeah. 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 yeah like that, that just really works for mm -hmm. that type of character. And I thought mm -hmm. the design work here was great for this world of the crow. That's what, that's what else makes it so indelible. It's the design work. Like you mm -hmm. said, the mm -hmm. lighting and the, um, the, the models and mm -hmm. the effects, man, they all, kind of go hand in hand and just creating like this dark world, you know mm -hmm, what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's cool, man, it's like you can immediately, because of, um, um, of great writers like Edgar Allan Poe, you can immediately attach a certain kind of mystique to the crow, like you can to the bat, because the bat has a certain kind of a certain kind of you know mystique to it, as well as the crow has the, the raven esque type of, of feel to it. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, it's it's a, a murder of crows, and that got kind of that kind of feel. That's, that's what a group of crows is called, and it, it felt like you know that that he, he he was definitely steeped deep in that lore because of that. You know. Yeah, absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. And you know, another element you were talking about story elements. Um, mm -hmm. This is something else that I got from from it as well. You know, mm -hmm. just him not only being, it's almost like he had a duality, um, mm -hmm. the crow did. You know, mm -hmm. at once he was kind of a, um, an angel of vengeance, mm -hmm. you know, because he was coming back to avenge, you know, this this crime that happened to him and his fiance, Shelly. Right. You know, however, he also, in duality, was an angel of mercy. Right. And you saw that, man, like one of my favorite scenes is where he confronts fun boy right mm -hmm. and you know he takes care of fun boy and all of that and his entrance to that is just um, amazing like right. just it's great yeah but um there's a girl there's a little girl that mm -hmm. um eric draven and um his fiance had befriended right and her mother is kind of you know it's a waitress at the bar and right she has other activities that she does after after work and everything, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that's where she was. And Sarah, she, Sarah, she, Sarah, Sarah, exactly, right. exactly. Uh, Sarah's mom, Darla, mm -hmm. Darla, yeah, Darla. So, that's it, yo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Darla was up there with Fun Boy, mm -hmm. and after Eric takes care of Fun Boy, mm -hmm. and she's been shooting up with Fun Boy. I love this. Boy, I know you're going this. I know you're going this. Right, oh get, yes, get, absolutely. Yes, yeah. You know, so he drags Fun Boy into the bathroom and puts him in the tub to do something with him a right. little bit later in the scene. Mm -hmm. But he turns to Darla mm -hmm. and she's like, no, no, no. You know, slashing at him with the straight razor. He catches her. Right. And he's takes her to the mirror right. and he holds her up against the mirror. And right. I always love scenes like that in movies where someone is being held up to a mirror as right. if, look. You have to face the reality of who as you are. You are. Yeah, exactly. He's a soldier. Mm -hmm. He's like, Mother is the name for God on the lips and hearts of all children. Do you understand? Morphine is bad for you. Your daughter is out there on the streets waiting for you. 
yeah, and yeah. he just and, and, and it's and it's so crazy. It's almost like this this messianic type of feel yeah. too. It's just like yeah. I'm revealing to you probably for the first time in a long time right. who you truly are. Right. Behold what you are. Right. And know that the wrong that you're doing. Right. Your Effects. daughter is out there on the streets. Yes. She's waiting for you. Yes. That's all he had to say. Yes. Yes. And she realizes the truth. Yeah. 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 As, as, oh. he, as he forced the drug, drug out, of, out of her veins. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. That's Are you awesome, kidding man. me? Yeah. Yeah. Again, I, this, this might be a stretch here, but it's almost akin to like a, a Blade Runner moment with like, Roy Batty having that realization or making Deckard have that realization as well about yes, life. Yes, yes, you know? yes. It's perfect. And perfect. this is so great. He, after he draws the morphine back through the track marks in her arms. Yeah, man. And she looks up at him and yes. he's just like, he don't even have to say go. Like he just right. kind of motions right. and lets her go. Angel of Mercy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, 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 you know, I rewound that scene about three times. When yeah. I was rewatching it last night. Right, right. Such good acting. Mm-hmm. That was such good acting mm-hmm. by both of them, mm-hmm. but especially Lee. You mm-hmm. know, just mm-hmm. so good, so yeah, good, man. man. Yeah, man. And that, quote, that quote you're referring to is by William Makepeace Thackeray. And oh, it's a, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's a. I think they I think they changed it a little bit. The line in the movie is a little different than what that actual that actual quote goes. But you're, mm-hmm. but you're, yeah, but you're, you're right. It's, it's, a, it's a brilliant, I mean, it's one of those stop to take moments and like, okay, what did you just say? You know, let me go, let me, let me think about that. It's like, wow, he's right. Mother is the name of God on lips of, ba- lips of children. I mean, it, it sure it's is. true. You know, I mean, first, 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 first um, words you, first thing you learn is, is mama, you know? Right. And then, and then, and then daddy. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, man. Very profound. Yeah. At- Exactly. I think that made that made a that was one of the scenes that made a huge mark on me when I first saw it mm-hmm. when I was fifteen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, and I thought about that over the years as well. Just like man, just 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 wonderful, wonderful. Right. right. Oh man. Um, so let's let's talk. Let's talk about let's talk about dark gothic, dark gothic uh, um, um, uh, clubs and and mysterious sex rooms and <laughs> not get too much into it. But you know, there's all, there's always that element of. Um, a black patent leather and 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 black tables and 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 drinking like absinthe and and and, yes. fire, and fire goblets and stuff. <laughs> you know, what's up with that, man? Is as, as a theme and why is it always working in these movies? Because it because just the look of it is so theatrical. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying. And, and, and even in real life, I mean, I know that there are clubs probably here in Atlanta where we are <laughs> right. that are like that and that probably were proliferated. Upon the release of this film, because <laughs> everyone was just like, "Wow, that looks cool! I think I need to try that." Right? Uh, you really don't, but no, okay, no. do you? Right. <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, but it's just there, again. There's something about the design elements in here that just works so mm-hmm. wonderfully um, in a cinematic sense, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, just, I, 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 I think the reason it works is just because. It's there's something forbidden about that. And mm-hmm. we as humans, I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. We as humans always want to try to forbidden, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. even from the forbidden fruit, if you will. Oh, yeah. You know, always got to try what's That's around it. the corner. I always got to bite that it? damn apple. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what am I missing? Right. What, what am I missing? You know right. what I'm saying? Exactly. So I think that that's what it is, too. And again, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. You know, it works because not only did it work here. 
but it also worked in the vampire clubs in the Blade movies. Mm -hmm. And it also worked in the Matrix movies. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. when they start descending to go see the Merovingian. Merovingian, yeah. Uh -huh. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, Matrix 2. Yeah. And, you know, even that club in the opening of the first Matrix yeah. as well. Yeah, following the so White I Rabbit. Think you're, yeah. yeah, I think yeah. you're on to something. It just yeah. works, like, yeah. whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. And uh, and even I mean even go as far as like Blade Two when they go into the club where it's a, where they're where they're, um that that track that we, I love so much by um by um massive massive attack um, yeah I, I, I guess I guess I, 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 I yes man yes man <laughs> <laughs> so yeah to, to, there, you, Blade when you go in here you must keep, stay in the control there are things you're not used to seeing there'll be feedings. Feeding Joe. Hey, <laughs> it's like, ugh, ugh, that's crazy, what? right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I think I'll set this one out. You know, what's the yeah. go for it? <laughs> but no, man. So, what do you think of uh, some of the casting? What do you think of um, our, our boy Ernie Hudson, man, in terms of his roles as a police officer? Oh, great! And it's, it's, it's great. Like he he was great as that paternal figure, right? You know what I'm saying? That that it's it's almost like. That the little girl um, Sarah, mm -hmm. she needed that paternal figure. I mean, she, she had did. a mother, of course, right. but she also had this paternal figure looking out for her as well. Mm -hmm. In in both, you know, Ernie Hudson's character Albrecht, but also with Eric as mm -hmm. kind of like a guardian angel of her mm -hmm. as well. You mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. so I thought um, Hudson was great in this. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'll tell you someone else who was really good. Uh, Michael mm -hmm. Wincott as Top Dollar. Yes, man. Man, his Just voice, that man. Voice. Man, that yes. voice, man. Wow. So sarcastic. Yeah. Caustic. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. It's like, mm, so sure you do. You know, it's really yeah. gravelly, man. I loved it, man. He's, he's like, it's like, it's like um, the, the deeper you go and the slower you go, the, the more the more tonality you get in, 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 your, in your throat. And it's like, wow, yeah. he, just, he brought that, man. He actually brought that. And it's so funny, like how it's like the moments where he was menacing, they mm -hmm. worked. But I thought the moments where he was uh, trying to be funny, those worked equally as well. Right. You know, and right. just man, like, you know, when he was telling Skank, he, he's using Skank as a lure to bring <laughs> Eric there. Right. <laughs> and, you know, uh, Top Dollar's making this big speech to kind of galvanize all of the gangs together. Right, about for Devil's Night. Making a fire so big, I want to, what, 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 what did he say, D? Uh, he want the gods to notice them again right, or something right, like that? Right, right, right. No, I want you to set a fire so goddamn big the gods will notice us again. That's what I'm saying. I want all of you boys to be able to look me straight in the eye one more time and say, Are we having fun or what? Hey, you! Huh? What's your name? Skank! You don't feel that? I feel like a little worm on a big fucking hook. <laughs> I feel like a little worm on a big fucking hook. Well, boy, your mama must be damn proud of you. Yeah, man. Yeah, and then, and then uh, David Patrick Kelly as T-Bird. T-Bird. Mm -hmm. Oh, T-Bird! <laughs> Here's right? you, old buddy. Goop, 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 goop. Right, right, right. <laughs> right? But so, that's that's when that's when Gogoth and Tenement pay, plays right there, bro. Or is it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, David Patrick Kelly as uh, T Bird was mm -hmm. great. He was like, and there he's still unabashed with goodness. What, what, how's the line go? I'm bad with lines sometimes, man. I, I, I forgot, man. Um, he's like, he, there he stood abashed in 
abashed in his goodness. He's quoting some line from like the Bible or, or, or okay. maybe Paradise Lost or something. Right, right. One that sounds those, right. One of those texts or whatnot. Yeah. But um, Kelly's good in almost everything he's in. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? And there it gave him a little bit more than the than he usually does. He's not right. the angry little man like he is in every movie. Right, right. You know? usually, <laughs> just a, usually just a misogynist, you know, the, the, the misogynist asshole that's always trying to, you know, get away with women. But this time they give, they give him a little more depth, you know, this time. But uh, yeah, not well, much he more. Did but have but some misogyny, though. I mean, there oh, was yeah. still some. Oh yeah. oh yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. I mean, it's unabashedly so. Man, yes, exactly. Uh, um, what what do you think of of, of Ten Ten Man in the beginning? You know what? <laughs> you gonna laugh, man. <laughs> Ten Ten reminded me. Man, we were just talking about kind of like the the golf scene, if you will, here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He really did remind me of you know of a couple of brothers I used to see around town, town. Yeah, same who here. Were really into that golf stuff, <laughs> you know, in the late nineties, early two right. thousands. Right, right. That's what he reminds me of every time I see that character. Right, you know, but but the actual character, you know, the the actor who played him. Well, was was very good, I thought, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. good with the blades, you know, his yeah, yeah. 1010, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Halloween is my yana. Right. You know, oh, so you want to play, okay. <laughs> right, right, right. So, okay, I, I got you, I got you, you know? Yeah. And throws, throws that at me, he's like, so, okay, mm-hmm. then, he, then he peppers him with the blades, man, it's like, wow, he just, yeah, yeah, pop, yeah. Pop, pop, pop. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, man. And, and um, you know, speaking of the, the, the whole um, gang there, mm-hmm. um, Fun Boy, you know, I forgot um, how, <clears throat> what was the circumstances of the um, shooting of um, Brandon Lee on set. Mm-hmm. It was during that scene where Fun Boy has the gun on him. Mm. Apparently, that's where it happened at. Okay. And Brandon Lee had actually shot most of all the rest of his scenes already. Thank God for you know, that. For the most right. part. Exactly. So apparently when it came to this part, um, the actor, um, Michael Manessy, who plays Fun Boy, um, they had test fired the gun already, you know, mm. with the blank and everything. Mm-hmm. But what nobody was aware of is that even though they put a full load in the gun mm-hmm. and fired it, there was still a piece lodged in the barrel. Yeah, nobody okay. checked it. What the hell? And it's, and so when they put, so when they reloaded it with a blank, you're talking about extra firepower in there. Right. So whatever was still lodged in there was going to shoot out with the force of an actual bullet. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it wasn't so, a bullet. It wasn't an actual bullet. It was, actually, it was something that still was lodged in, in a place of where, wow. Yeah, because exactly. it, I know, yeah, that, that scene where, was that the scene where, He's inside the 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 the, uh, the pawn shop looking for the uh, looking for the rings. Oh no 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 no! Mm-mm. Think of <clears throat> think of when when he comes to see Fun Boy. Okay. And Fun Boy and um, Darla are in there hugged up and kissing okay. everything. Okay. Okay. All right. And the, the irony of that scene is is that remember when Eric pulls up a chair and sits down on it? He puts his hand up to the barrel of right. Fun Boy's gun. Right. Like, take take a shot, Fun yeah. Boy. Yeah. And pulls a hole in it. Right. Bang. Exactly. Yeah. It's like. Ah, yes. Okay. Okay. Kind of jacked up. Yeah, because he kind of did, you know, in in light of what actually happened. Mm -hmm. And the actor that played Fun Boy ended up, he had to leave acting for a year. He was just like, 
he couldn't take it because he felt like it was his fault. Right. Even though he wasn't the armorer. He right. wasn't in charge of the firearm. The weaponsmith, yeah. But he felt so guilty right. about that that he actually stopped acting for a year. Yeah, I can see how you would you know, carry that guilt for a while, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and talking about the death of Brandon Lee, I'm, I'm sure you remember at the time, like the, you, you would see it every evening on the news, you know, when they were conducting that investigation for like that month or so, mm-hmm. you know, they were always talking about it on, on the news and mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. And I remember when it happened, man, just the outpouring of people just like, you know, just so sad, you know, mm-hmm. about it. But people were actually going to the video store and getting his movies too. Yeah. Like, you know, and, he, and and that's the thing about and that's the thing about Brandon Lee. He didn't have that many movies. Right. He was in like a couple. Right. You know, you had like four, um, maybe four or five. Yeah. Yeah. If that. If yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so very, very, very short career. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, 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 and like, it, like it into his father, people were comparing it to the, 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 the quote-unquote curse of Bruce Lee, you know, wherein, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. everybody was saying how, you know, oh, this is like his father. And, and well, it wasn't the same thing, but, you know, I, I get where you guys are kind of tangentially going with it. But but there, there's a the thing wherein, you know, that, 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 that quote-unquote curse he brought over from when he came over from China, because he wasn't supposed to share the 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 the, the learnings and and um, teachings of kung fu the way, he, the way way he did, and you know he got into a fight with the triad and all those things that were supposed to be carrying over from his his father's legacy. And, and, I, and I think too, from what from what I was reading, you know, um, Brandon actually you know wanted to in some ways kind of distance himself from his father's legacy a bit. Yeah, I can to see just why. become his own man. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um because his father just loomed so large you yeah. know, in his career. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. And uh just yeah, that that was that was very unfortunate, man. But mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know, you can you can see his influence definitely in this movie because um that 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 shootout at the club, you mm-hmm. know, where he goes there for skate Mm-hmm. And it's like he's single-minded. He really, he really could care less about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. He could really care less about all the money and all the crime that they're mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. He just wants skate. Right. But since they got in his way, he's going to go through all of them right. and get skank. You know right. what I'm saying? And that that set piece is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's reminiscent of like a lot of those Hong Kong action movies that were out and very popular at that moment too. Mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the, the two-handed gunplay like oh, Xiao Yun yeah. Fat. Right. You know? Yeah, and right. Then yeah, he yeah. grabs a samurai sword off the wall and, right. and starts slashing with it. Right. And then he even threw in a, a little bit of martial arts in there too. Mm-hmm. Like I always love that part where um, there's a part where the music is played, right? And it's like this industrial track, like, and as soon as he kicks the guy out the window, it turns into like that Grab Ravel track, that haunting Grab Ravel track. And that is my shit. That's when it's like, oh, it's getting real now, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. my shit. Yeah, man. Bad. It's just quite a few. There's quite a few moments like that, man. Where it's just like it, it takes you back. You're like you're, you're, you know, the whole thing. Wherein um, he's running across the buildings. So the helicopters are after him, and he's trying to escape. And and he jumps from building to building, and he and he, he, then he uh, either he falls down 
or or he, yep. or, he or he jumps down and and there's there's Ernie Hudson there waiting for him and, and to take him take him away and to safety and what's going to safety, uh, yeah. You know, just 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 brilliant cinematic moments, man, where the music just goes perfectly with what was happening and just like wow, so this exactly. is a great movie, man. It's a great movie, you know. Yeah. Even even yeah. to the point like wherein uh, when he when he kills um when he when he's killing um um okay come on Dwight you know these characters names uh, T Bird. Where 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 um he 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 lights that lights that crow up uh, uh effigy uh, uh emblem yeah man and do you know that was ripped off later man I got there in my notes man oh yeah I, I saw that and I was like hey man Daredevil that awful Daredevil movie yeah it did the man same you're right it's only one and my question is how would how would Daredevil even know how to write the double D's <laughs> in the dirt anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he he can smell the gasoline, you know, you know, and, and, I, and I guess and I guess I guess here's the thing: if somebody was clapping, I mean, here, no, here's how here's how I could work out. This is just okay. right, right, justifying his superpowers number one on one. Okay, if Daredevil's hearing was so acute, he could hear the falling droplets of the liquid to to, to know where the pattern was going to be able to to, to see how it worked. That would be my only. I guess that would be the only. See, there you go. You know, it's a stretch, <laughs> but you know, we are talking about superheroes yeah, we'll at the Right, well out. <laughs> but yeah, definitely a rip off, sir. Oh, definitely rip off for sure. Oh man. Yeah, man. Well, well, yo, man. Let me ask you this: as we get ready to close it out, okay. This movie obviously spawned a sequel. I, you know, it mm-hmm. made enough money that the studio was like, "Hey, why don't we make another one?" Right. You know. Right. Which they did in '96, and right. I think it was called City of Angels, and yeah. not good. It wasn't not it, good. It, they they tried real hard. I mean, it wasn't bad to me. It wasn't bad, but it was it wasn't it wasn't Brandon Lee. You know that, that no. was the thing. That Can't was the thing. Be. Yeah. You know, I mean, even though arguably the character, they they the guy that played uh played played the crow this time, he had like a more like he's he's more along the lines of what 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 uh, what James O'Barr drew for the for the for the crow character. Mm. Like his, he had that that brow and that 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 uh, mouth that was kind of Rather broad, you know. Yeah, that it kind of he kind of resembled the character a little more than me than, than Brandon did in that some, to some mm-hmm. some regard. But he wasn't the the st- he wasn't Brandon man. The, the expressiveness of his of, of what he did when he moved his body and 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 the, the the way the shadows were cast on him and just that it's hard to duplicate magic like that, man. And they, they tried mm-hmm. real hard. It didn't work, man. You know. Even after that, they had another version with uh with the the the, the uh what's his name um Edward Furlong, right? Yeah, yeah, John Carter. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I think, I think, um, what's his name? The guy who played Angel, David Boreanaz. What? Boreanaz, Boreanaz, yeah. Boreanaz, thank you. Yeah. He was like a villain or something in that one. Wasn't was he? he? I don't, I don't remember, I, man. I, I, I couldn't tolerate. I couldn't do it, man. It's just fat, <laughs> it was just fat, fat, Eddie, fat early furlong was was was. was uh, he threw me off. Yeah. It's like, it's like you're not the kid anymore, are you? You got a little, little, little chubby cheeks now and. A little, <laughs> yeah, little weight a little around the waist around there, the, around the middle. Yep, yep. Yeah, right. And your voice, your voice is kind of, kind of, kind of dropped. And, and yeah, but then it's not, still not, doesn't make the character for me. It's like uh, I can't do this, you know. Well, 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 let me ask you this: What do you think is? What do you think it is about the character of the crow? Because, you know, even though it's been a decade or more since the last crow movie, mm-hmm. that the one that we're talking about with Eddie Furlong. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was straight to video, even at that. You know what I'm <laughs> was saying? It? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is it do you think about the crow that makes it so indelible that not only 
do we have, you know, it constantly being optioned, even though movies aren't made, mm-hmm. it's being optioned. And at one time, it was a actual hot comic property mm-hmm. outside of the original that um, Barr, you know, wrote and drew. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like a very popular character. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what is it do you think that makes the crow so indelible that, you know, there are different adaptations? You know, is, is it like a Batman to where you can find um, a Batman for every instance or any type of story? And yeah. maybe you can do the same thing for the crow? Yeah, I think, I think yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It's, uh, the crow fits, his, 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 his archetype fits generational change, wherein mm. there's always a point of injustice. There's always a point of, 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 of vengeance to be, to be, to be uh, um, worked on and, and looked at. Um, somebody always wants to come back to, to, to reclaim what was taken from them in, in the dead. You know, so I, I feel as though um, this the, that the crow encapsulates that perfectly. Um, you know, you know they were they were just they were just two kids that were in love. I mean, I mean, I mean uh, Eric Draven and, and Shelley were just two kids that were in love, and and you know um, they had a band called the Hangmans. Was it called the Hangman? Hangman something? Yeah, it was like the the, the Hangman the Hangman's joke or something. Hangman's like that? joke, yeah, along those lines, yeah. And and it was like okay, you know, so they were they were just doing you know, and it, so it had that kind of. 90s band pop band urgency you know um at this time it was just, just the beginning just before a green day came along and changed after nirvana you know and and things like that when they when they first came out so it hit it hit a certain tone in pop culture and i think yeah it, it, based on that you could totally have that you know maybe change it to maybe the next version of the crow would be hip-hop hip-hop crow it's funny that you mentioned that because i saw that <laughs> at one time mm. It was option, and they wanted to go in that direction. Oh, and no. you know who they wanted to cast as oh, the crow? Oh no! Oh no! Let me oh, guess. Bro. Let me guess. Bokeem Woodbine. As awesome as that would be, <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, I put my money down for Bokeem Woodbine crow. <laughs> <laughs> I mess with you, man. It's a, it's a running joke, folks. So, yeah, this is what King went by and Adrian did. But go ahead. Yeah, yo. <laughs> but no, man, DMX, yo. I can see that. I can see Could that. Could you? Yeah, I can see that. Because he's got he's got that, that dark sensibility, man. He'd be, he'd be preaching, yo. He'd be going off, oh, you know what I mean? Oh, boy. I'm back for the dead. That's it. <laughs> I know it's full of dread. <laughs> knock, knock. The crow's coming. <laughs> and here I am. That concludes this episode of Sidebar Forever, hosted by Dwight Clark, Swain Hunt, and Adrian Johnson. You can find us online at sidebarforever.com. Any emails or questions can be directed to us at sidebarforever at gmail.com. And also, subscribe to us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram.